This morning, we'd like to continue the discussion on executional excellence. Uh, this is part of a training I did recently on the uh, seven keys to executional excellence. And executional excellence is a component of the Beyond Babel model, which most of you are familiar with. The foundation of the model is biblical thinking, thinking Christian about everything where God defines all of reality. And accordingly, when you think Christian, then that God is the compass for all of life. So he's the moral compass, the ethical compass. He is the success compass. He directs us to success. He's the relational compass. He's the values and principles compass. He, he is the guide to everything. And this is how we are designed to live in God's universe is aligned with him, where he is the definer of reality. Now that thinking permeates all of, of an organization. So the next level of the model uh, is equally senior leaders who are immersed and committed to living a Christian worldview. And they feel called together to lead an organization in that context. And accordingly, then the next element is they will be strategic about what it is that God has called them to come together to do. And they will seek the Lord. They know the strategic planning is a process of seeking the will of God. And God has a will for every organization. He has something he wants that organization to do in the context of his great story of history called the meta narrative. And the next level is how you actually execute your strategic plan. And this involves seven keys, right handbook, which is the word of God, right culture, which is a culture that promotes people doing the calls of God on their life, right people, which means the people who are called to be in the organization, right value proposition, which is the right way we express the product or service that we've been called to deliver consistent with the strategic plan. The right systems are things that support us in delivering our value proposition. The right resources are, is the capital support we need and the right customer service now is our ability to, to back up what we deliver and, and deal and make sure our customers can deal with this they can apply it, they can walk in it, they can utilize our product or service well. So these are the seven key elements. And the final element uh, is execution of, of executional excellence. I'm sorry, those are the seven keys of executional excellence. And the final element of the Beyond Babel model is customer validation, where your customers confirm that you have indeed discerned the will of God and that God is indeed paying for what he orders, because he does. And when you're doing your will, his will, you will have a provision to do that. So that's the model. That's how the model works. So I want to focus now uh, on the whole idea of executional excellence and specifically today, the right value proposition. And the right value proposition has to do with how we think about our product, our service that we are called to deliver. So there was a famous meeting that took place probably 30 years ago. Uh, Peter Drucker who is a well-known management theorist, arguably the father of modern management theory, was called in by the board of service master to meet with them. And Peter posed his famous question. And the question is, you know, what is your business? And the board begins to respond, well, we clean floors, we, we clean toilets, we kill bugs, we, we, uh, we kill weeds, we clean carpets. We, uh, we provide janitorial service in schools. We do all these kinds of things. And he said, yeah, you do those things, 
but that's not really your business. Drucker's response was more direct than what I just said. He said, you are all wrong. I was being a little more diplomatic about it. He was very in your face. This is uh, being a consultant um, that kind of startled me to see that he would do that because uh, you're talking to the people that are going to write the check to pay your fee at the end, but you didn't have any qualms about this. He's in their face. He says, your business is the training and development of people. You can't deliver a service without people. You can't deliver a quality service without trained, motivated, and committed people. You package it in different ways to, to meet the, the needs of your customers, but your basic business is the training and development of people. Now, that's just a startling statement because he's talking to a company that did not consider themselves to be a training company. They're like most large organizations. They had training as part of what they do, but they didn't see that. That is the primary thing we do. That's our key thing. What he's saying to them is, we are in a fallen world. And in a fallen world, the default nature of man is rebellion against God, which means we do not follow God's principles. We do not walk in God's ways. We do not seek God's wills. We seek to do what we want to do. We're narcissistic. We're self-centered. It's all about what's in it for me. And he's saying, you cannot build anything with people like that. And those people are, by and large, not be getting much training in their homes, in their schools, in their churches, and any other work environment. So the burden is on you, managers and leaders of organizations, if you, in this current culture, are going to truly build excellent organizations, deliver excellent value to people, you have got to get deeply engaged in training. It's got to be your DNA. You come here, you will be trained. And the training is not just the skills to do the work. The training is how to think. You have to learn how to think or you will never learn how to live. And the only correct way to think is to think God's thoughts. You have to be biblically trained. You have to learn to study and absorb the word of God as the core of living life and conducting business. So that's what Drucker was telling them. To, and this was a company that arguably, at the time they met, was the greatest Christian company of the 20th century. I don't know of any other company that could claim that title. This was a phenomenal company for its commitment to the word of God, but they didn't really get it. Now, I don't even know if Peter Drucker was a Christian. Now, he was older at this time, and the older he got, the more spiritually tuned in he got, and that shows up in his writings. So by this time, he's clearly seeing that great managers and great leaders are first and foremost very sound thinkers, and the only way you're going to be a sound thinker is you have to be aligned with God on some level. Now, I don't know that he overtly taught that, but I think he covertly taught that. And certainly with an audience like this, that already embraces the word of God and believes the word of God is the handbook for business, this should be a fairly easy sell. I don't know how readily they bought that. I don't have a lot of the results that happened, but I know this was a pivotal moment in the, comp in the company's history that I think made a big difference in how they went forward. Now, they didn't, they didn't stay in this long. 
because eventually once this generation of leaders was gone and Drucker was gone, apparently the next generation didn't understand these things. And so the company didn't sustain these principles and did, didn't sustain this worldview. But for a season there, they, they seemed to get it and they seemed to walk in it and it really made a great difference. So let's just give you some definitions here real quickly of what a right value proposition is. A right value proposition is basically a product or service that reflects biblical thinking. It reflects the will and the ways of God. It will be fundamentally profound, meaning it's not superficial. It's not just serving something in the natural. It's not just factual things. It's dealing on the level of truth, which is always seeing reality, seeing facts from God's perspective. That is the only way you will get to truth and real truth, profound truth. You can get you can get to naturalistic truth without seeing it from God's perspective, but that's very limiting. And Drucker was trying to call them up into profound thinking, thinking from God's perspective. I call that metaphysical awareness. I think that's a great way to see it. Seeing from God's perspective, meta means beyond, physical means the tangible or physical. So it means thinking beyond the tangible or physical. That is profound thinking. And I know you can be metaphysical and not think God's thoughts. I'm talking about metaphysical by thinking God's thoughts, thinking biblically, thinking through the lens of scripture and through the reality of Christ as a centering point of history. So that's the profoundness that your value proposition needs to begin to reflect. And that takes really sound thinking. Secondly, it's got to be long term. We live in a multi-generational meta-narrative. Uh, arguably, if you believe in a fairly young earth, there's probably been at least 150 generations since creation. And who knows how many more generations there be. You, we live in a generation and then we're going to be gone. We're here for a season and the Lord takes us. We run our race. When our race is over, we're taken. And so we have to connect with what God is doing big picture, long-term, multi-generationally, both in terms of the strategic plan and then the value proposition was how we actually express the strategic plan in terms of a product or service to our customers. And finally, we have to recognize that every day is as Dennis Peacock so frequently has taught us, training day. Every day we're training to learn to think better and better, to think God's thoughts, to see reality from God's perspective and to make, <clears throat> make decisions that reflect seeing reality correctly, understanding it correctly, drawing the right conclusions, making the right choices. That is biblical thinking. That's profound thinking. That has got to be at the root of, of reflecting an outstanding, excellent value proposition. So let me just give you a way to think about the right value proposition. The right value proposition is the right people serving the right people by doing the right things in the right ways, in the right places, at the right time for the right reasons. So that's that's a really, you know, that's a simple kind of cute statement. And notice I've underlined the word right here, if you can see the screen. And the reason I underlined it was to say, there's one person who can define right. From a Christian worldview, which is the foundation of Beyond Babel model is a Christian worldview, God is the only definer of right. I don't have the 
authority to define right. Only God can define right. And so the right people are the people God has called to be in an organization. And God has a call on everyone for their life. And part of that call is where they organizationally will be serving, who they will be connected with, who will they be affiliated with. They serve the right people. We're not called to serve everyone. We're called to serve certain people. So can you find the people God has ordained for you to serve? Doing the right things is the value proposition. Can you deliver the right product or service to the people that you've been called to serve? And can you do it in the right way? The right way is the means and methods by which you deliver the value proposition. And can you do it at the right places? Geography counts. You're not called to necessarily serve every every part of the world. You have certain areas where you're going to be called to serve. And do you, can you do it at the right time? God's in the timing. There's specific timing. You may discern you're supposed to do something. It's not enough to discern you're supposed to do something. You've got to discern where, you, where you're supposed to do it and when you're supposed to do it. And finally, you must have the right motives. And there's only two motives. You either have the motive of the Tower of Babel participants, which was self-glory, or you have the motive of glorifying God. Those are the only two motives. And you can see very quickly there's only one right motive, and that is to glorify God. If you are in it for you, if you're asking the question, what's in it for me? If you ever ask that question, what's in it for me, you've got a motive problem. What's in it for you is never a valid question to a Christian. A Christian only asks what's in it for God. And that's all we're after is serving him, his will, his ways, and his timing for his purposes, for his glory. So that's how to think about this. Now, here's a couple of a few examples of how this has played out. Now, these companies here are not necessarily great examples, but they, they do illustrate certain things. Now, I just want to pick out the good things. I don't want to talk about the bad. So Amazon, and I'm not advocating Amazon or promoting Amazon, but I am pointing out that they did see something. They did see something about their value proposition needing to be a high level of infrastructure to be able to deliver it. So they saw the how of what they were going to do probably clearer than they saw their value proposition for a long time. In time, their value proposition kind of caught up with the infrastructure. So they built and they committed themselves to building a very comprehensive infrastructure to be able to deliver their value proposition. They sacrificed profits for years to do that. There were many analysts that said they were going to go broke. And all these analysts proved to be fools. They proved, you know, Amazon proved that getting the, the means and methods in place is very important. That's part of delivering the right value proposition. Now, the next one is, is Southwest Airlines. In the dismal industry of, the, of, of airlines, Warren Buffett has famously said, it's a horrible industry. Why would he ever invest in it? Now, he did invest in net jets in time. I don't fully know why he did that. But he, as far as I know, he doesn't invest in the airlines. And one of the reasons for it is it's historically not profitable. There was a study done back in the 90s of all publicly held airlines since the inception of the industry. They added up the profit of every publicly held airline every year since inception, and the total was zero. Now that exercise did not include one airline. 
It included every public airline with exception of Southwest. Southwest Airlines was started in the 70s. And since then, and up until I believe still it's true, they have never had a losing year. They've always made a profit. Now, why would this one airline be able to make a profit when no other airline can consistently make a profit? But they do it. Why is it? Well, I, my thesis is they had an incredible value system. This is reflects their something of their worldview, their value system, the golden rule. Practicing that enabled them to deliver a great value proposition. And when you could deliver a great value proposition with great character, it's, it's going to be appreciated and valued by your customers. And the third example here is the container store. The container store is famous for its training. They're probably the poster child. Uh, I, at one time, I remember reading, uh, you know, the average retail person, salesperson uh, in the average company might get eight or 10 hours of training per year for their, their work assignment in whatever retail store they were in, a department store or a specialty store, whatever they were doing. At the same time, the container store famously was training each sales associate about 220 hours a year. I mean, dramatically more. And you think about that, if their work, a work year is only 1,500 hours, that's more than 10% of the work year. Probably close to 15% of the work year went into training. And the reason they did that is their value proposition was all about serving the customers well. When you walk into a container store, you tell them what it is you need. They know the products so well, they can immediately direct you to the products that would work best for your particular need. So you can see training undergirded the value proposition that enabled them to deliver great value to their customers. Now, as you think about you know, value proposition, you, you realize this is what customers see. This is how they interface with you. They experience your value proposition. Well, how is it you really deliver this great? Well, I want to give you something more robust. I'll give you three examples here from the industry of, of pretty, good, pretty good practices that help facilitate delivering good value propositions. But I want, to, I want to give you a really profound way to think about this. And that is think about the organization as needing to be built like a building or like a house, for example. And what you want to do if you, when you build your house is you want to put your house on the rock, on bedrock. When I built my house, my father told me several things to do. And one of which he told me was, you know, build a good foundation. My father was a very experienced builder, had done it all his career, and he knew what he was talking about relative to building something. And he said, build a good foundation. So the best foundation I knew of was, was to a slab on grade that would be anchored by piers that were drilled down in the ground to bedrock. And so my, the slab in my house has got, I don't know, 20 or 30 piers holding the slab. The slab is not really setting on the ground, it's setting on the piers. So the ground can move as, as ground many times will with moisture content being absorbed and released. But the piers are set because the bedrock is set. 
and therefore the foundation is set. So I'm sitting, I'm in my house. We've been in here 20 years and you can go, go in any room in the house you want. There are no cracks around any walls, any windows, any doors, none. There's been virtually no movement in the house that we can detect because we put it on, on bedrock. And the way we did it was piers. Well, how do you take that analogy, that imagery, a building and apply it to building organizations? Well, I think the way to see that is the bedrock for organizations is Christ. Biblical living, thinking Christian. And the organization has got to be connected to Christ. Between the organization and Christ is unstable ground. And the only way to connect it is going to be with disciples. You have to have true followers of Christ living and thinking Christian and living that reality, being Christian in your organizations. And now you're connected to the rock because the rock is now exercising the, the, the power to hold the organizational up through the disciples. That's the imagery I wanted you to see here. Disciples anchor the organization on the rock. And a great text to think about, about the power of this is Matthew 7, 24 through 27, where it talks about building. He says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house of the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. The difference between building on the rock and building on the sand is simple. Those who build on the rock hear the words of Jesus. They hear the word of God. They're immersed in the word of God. They're committed to the word of God as their compass in life, and they practice those principles from the word of God. That's how you build on the rock. You must have people that do that. It's not good enough to have one leader to do it. You need to build your management team, your leadership team with people who are disciples, real disciples of Jesus. And I know many of you are hearing this and saying that is just impossible. Well, it may seem impossible to you today, but if you know what it is to know Jesus, you know he calls us to do the impossible. He tells us to die to self, to serve his purposes. He tells us to take up our cross and follow him. He tells us that we have to love our, our wives, our families, our children less than we love him. Those are really hard things to do. So Jesus doesn't give us easy challenges. He gives us hard challenges, but he gives us the Holy Spirit who empowers us to be able to rise to the occasion. You can do this if you turn your heart to the Lord and ask for the grace and the mercy, the strategy, the wisdom, the discernment, and you can do this. It may take longer than you want. It may be harder than you think. It may costly more, cost you more than you want to spend. All those things may be true, but we've been told to surrender all to Jesus. No price is too great to pay. We've got to be willing to repent 
of building organizations like the world, which is largely what we've done based on worldly thinking, not biblical thinking, and begin to build on Christian thinking. And that includes building leadership teams out of people who are called to be part of the organization and are truly followers of Jesus and have a call to be part of the leadership team. So that's the challenge. Can we do that? Can we live at that level? Can we think at that level? So that, that is why we have, to, we have to really recognize getting the right value proposition is a really, really challenging thing. It isn't easy. So let me give you some, just some little traits to think about, some practical little takeaway traits here that help you think about right value proposition. The foundation's got to be the disciples, but once you get them in place, you need to be thinking correctly. So how do we think correctly about this? So here's some traits. Number one, and I'm gonna use the acronym value to provide these thoughts to you. Number one, you value people. Recognize you deliver things through people. Your value proposition is delivered by and through people. Value people, train them, teach them, seek the right ones, don't abuse them. You will abuse people when you use them inconsistent with the call of God on their life. That is abuse. Don't abuse them. You look for the call of God. Use them consistent with the call of God. Don't be afraid to release someone who is not called to be part of your organization. That is not bad. There are some organizations that pride themselves on never laying off people. That's not a point of pride. No, a point of pride, and I say this cautiously, not not really pride, the point of, of, of honor, I should say, this would be a better way to say it, is to really seek the call of God on people and only, you know, have people in your organization that can, you know, fulfill their purpose in the organization and that then helps you fulfill the organization's purpose, the principle of congruence. So, and, and obviously you can immediately tell this is a high bar. This is not easy to get to. It may take you years and years of work to build this leadership team, build the organization with the right people, which shows you value people. And as you value people, then you release people to the fullness of their destiny, their potential, and then you'll see the organization begin to soar and deliver excellent value to those it serves. Remember, all you sell is satisfaction. You're not selling to make money. You're selling to build a reputation. And you build a great reputation, which Proverbs says is better than silver or gold. You cannot buy a reputation. You have to earn it. You have got to focus and be very clear. Reputation is what you're after. And you have to have people that really feel that you have delivered great value to them. They have really been blessed by doing business with you. So that's what you sell. You always keep that in mind. Learning must be inculcated in the culture. Every day is learning day. Every day is training day. Consistently training, not just in technical skills of what you do, but in thinking skills, learning to think correctly, learning to think God's thoughts, learning God's values, his principles, developing practices that reflect his values and principles. That's the key learning every day to do that. And that's very challenging because most people don't want to learn that. They, they just want to know what they need to know to make money. And you've got to train them. That's not the way you live. You live 
you live at the pleasure of God and for his purpose. And every day you have to learn how to live better and better at, for his purpose, to do his will according to his ways, to be his servant, to sacrifice everything for him, to always be in it for what's after, for, after what's in it for God and never what's in it for me. And you have to understand your purpose. Both you, you have a purpose for your life and your organization has a purpose. And you, those have got to be congruent. They've got to flow together. If you're in the right organization, as you fulfill your purpose in that organization, the organization will fulfill its purpose. You will contribute to that. You will add to it. It will be a it will be an additive process. And that's one of the ways you know you have the right people. Are they adding to themselves and what God's doing? And it's, the purpose is not to add to themselves. It's to add to what God's doing in the organization. But when they do that and they're in the right place in the right organization, they will bless themselves as well. And finally, you have to be willing to, to go the extra mile. You have to exceed customer expectations. I like to call this under promise over deliver. Under promise over deliver. Another way to talk about this is doing work on scope, you know, on time, on scope, on budget. Or better yet, doing things that that are under time, exceed scope, and are under budget. That's even better. But at the minimum, on time, on scope, on budget, you must do that. And that's the way it's got to be. And that takes that takes careful management to do that well. The default for almost everyone is to go over scope, over budget, and over time. Or excuse me, under scope over budget and over time. And that that never creates a satisfied customer. It does not build a great reputation. It does not deliver, deliver great value. The only way to deliver great value is to exceed expectations, exceed what the customer is looking for. And so that comes in part from setting expectations with your customer and then delivering great value to your customers with a great organization that thinks really well and can deliver well. All right, so let me give you an exercise to kind of check yourself and see how you're doing. You know, or how well are you delivering the right value proposition, a value proposition that God wants you to deliver? How well are you doing? So here's just uh, 10 statements, and you can consider whatever organization you're part of or have been part of or want to be part of, whatever context you want is fine, and evaluate not what you think, but evaluate what you're actually doing. And as you look at what you're doing, say, okay, is this statement true of me? If it's totally true, then you, you give yourself a 10. If you say, well, it's not totally true, then you give yourself something less than 10. Okay, it's an analog scale. And obviously, if it's absolutely false, you give yourself a zero. So anywhere from zero to 10, that's your score for each of these statements. So I'm going to read them to you and maybe make a few comments about uh, some of them. So just score yourself and see how you do. You can add this up. It's 10 questions, so it's already normalized. So if you had a 10 for each one, you would make 100. So let's go through here real quickly. First one, metaphysically, the leaders understand the true nature of the organization's business. In other words, they're not like the service master management team. The service master board didn't really understand that organization well. So does your... Does your leaders, do your leaders really understand metaphysically the true nature of the organization? 
Secondly, the value proposition of the organization is aligned with a strategic plan. You see, a value proposition should express the strategic plan. So how well does that reality exist? Strategic plans reflect the will of God. So that's, that's how that all connects. My organization knows, how, knows who it is called to serve. How well can you identify your true customers? My organization knows its value proposition and how to deliver it. My organization is a training organization and every day is training day. My organization is forgiving of honest mistakes. Southwest Airlines is famous for this. That's what gave people latitude to take risk. Is as long, you can take risks there as long as it was thought through, it had sound thinking behind it. If it failed, nobody's going to crucify you. You couldn't take reckless risk. But if you took, you took risks that made sense and they failed, that's okay. Nobody was going to punish you for that. So is your organization forgiving of honest mistakes? My organization is intolerant of bad behavior and bad attitudes. Uh, Southwest is famous for being absolutely intolerant of bad attitudes and bad behavior. The golden rule was their big deal. And the golden rule is a powerful principle. You treat people the way you want to be treated. It's amazing. If that really governs you, that you will have good relationships with people. And you'll have a good attitude as well. Next one, the disciples who ground my organization on Christ are easily identified and are celebrated. You see, many times in organizations, we don't celebrate the things we really need to celebrate. We celebrate other things that are popular, that, uh, that are people want to celebrate, that you know, we, we default to worldly thinking is what happens instead of really celebrating the things that are very important to building excellent organizations that can deliver great value. Next one, my organization displays the five traits of value. And finally, my organization has a reputation of under-promising and over-delivery. So add up your score and see how you did. And I pray that the Lord gives you grace to recognize where you might be falling short and the grace now to press in to correct those, those areas and build organizations with true disciples seeking the will of God Deliver great value to the people you've been called to serve. May you do that well for his glory and for his honor in Jesus' name. Amen.